Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast. This is John and with me tonight is Ryan. Hello. Hey there, Ryan. Good to uh, talk to you tonight. We are here to chat about Battlefront 2 um, coming out later this year. So uh, we're going to just probably spend most of the episode talking about Battlefront 2. Uh, Star Wars Celebration a couple weeks ago now had a big um, Battlefront 2 panel, which probably many of you guys have watched. Uh, I watched it. Ryan, you watched it? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I watched um, most of it live. Yeah, okay, was happening. Yeah, I had to go back and catch up on it after the fact, but it was a super fun panel with uh, a bunch of um, pretty interesting information, uh, even some like um, you know supporting uh, material info for people who aren't necessarily as interested in the game, like uh, information about the new novel coming from Christy Golden, mm. uh, which was cool. But, uh, but like I said, we're going to mostly talk about the game tonight. Um, Battlefront 2 is coming out uh, in November, uh, November 17th. Um, and that's a little bit before The Last Jedi. So uh, definitely something to be super excited about. And uh, we both played Battlefront 1. Um, you've probably played it a little more than I have. Um, but I've played it a bit. Uh, Ryan, you're kind of like the Battlefront guy, though. You're, you're really kind of like the next-gen video game guy. <laughs> uh, I would not say that at all but um but i have been uh i have been playing i mean i've been playing battlefront on and off since uh since the first beta um and i've been playing on two platforms i have been (laughs) playing on both ps4 and xbox one um since that beta i played that on both and i bought the game on both platforms just because i have friends on different ones and I, uh, you know, wanted to have the option for both because I was really hoping <laughs> that uh, more of our friends would would have played it. Um, but that didn't really happen, and I've mostly just ended up playing with Kevin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about uh, November to see who's going to be playing on what platform because uh, I only have a PS4 and I have a regular PS4 and I'm a PS4 Pro. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Battlefront 2 in terms of, you know, PS4 Pro support and um, the uh, Scorpio support, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you'll have, well, you do have a PS4 Pro, but you'll also mm-hmm. have a Scorpio. And that'll be like the new um, cool thing in town at the time, right? Like, well, not, I shouldn't say that. Like, that's, that makes it sound like it's uh, about, it being trendy. It's not going to be the new cool thing in town. It's going to be the most powerful way to play the game outside of PC at that point. Yeah. So. Um, well, then that depends on the release date of the Scorpio. Oh, I guess that's true too. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah. as of now, the PS4 is the, uh, the kind of the most popular platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I, I have that in my, in my corner, but let's get into, you know, we can talk about some of this stuff uh, mm-hmm. as we, as we get further into the discussion, but let's like, let's talk about um, some of the news that came out of the panel and uh, what we've learned about battlefront two um, at this point. Uh, what do you, what do you want to start with? I, I want to start with that campaign. Okay. Um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, this is the first, um, this is the first single player focused um, console star Wars game since uh, star Wars connect on the, <laughs> Xbox 360. Okay, hold on. The first single-player focused console game. I think. What about Disney Infinity? Mm, does that count? 
I think it counts. I, th I thought it was awesome. That okay. was my favorite Star Wars game I've played since probably the GameCube. So, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that's. I mean, that was good. Yeah. Like the the Star Wars stuff in there was good. Okay, I'll take that. So, sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not as funny because the the by all you know <laughs> accounts the Xbox Connect Star Wars game was really bad, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Was that, was that the? <laughs> that was me uh, acting out the the demo. Um, there with the hand. Oh god, you you need to watch some of the live <laughs> demos of that game. It sounds like a mess. I actually still really want to play that game. Um, I I have a 360. I don't have a Connect, but I know you can get them for like 20 bucks, and that is that is on my to do list. I do really want to play that game one day. But um, okay. I smell a, just real quick, I smell a Blockade Runner video cooking there. You know, I think Ooh. that would be, if you're going to do good it, content. it's going to have to be recorded. So we'll, we'll talk sure. about it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, no, this campaign. Okay, so maybe it's the first since Disney Infinity. Uh, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is the first um, new story heavy um you know, Star Wars campaign game, you know, probably like in the, in the vein of, I guess, um, Force Unleashed mm -hmm. would probably be the last, like, okay, this is a big triple A Star Wars story game, you know, that and Old Republic and stuff were probably like the last ones. So it's just, I'm just saying we haven't really gotten that for a while. And we haven't, we haven't. And, and I mean, Star Wars fans, Star Wars, like, you know, guys like us who are, are fans of like Star Wars games, there was like that chunk of time from probably launched with like, I was going to say started with Shadows of the Empire, but really probably even started earlier than that with stuff like Rebel Assault, right? Like on mm -hmm. PlayStation. Um, Dark Forces. Dark Forces. We would get, you know, at least every couple of years, like a big, if not more than one, like a big story driven Star Wars action game, you know? Mm -hmm. Shadows of the Empire, um, you mentioned, well, there was the Battlefront games on PS2, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't play those myself, but uh, I'm, I'm looking to go back and check those out maybe this summer. I think I have them on the PC or at least one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but then we had like Bounty Hunter and like you said, the... Um, the Obi-Wan game on Xbox. I've always wanted to play that. Ooh, yeah. I, I have never, I, I don't even know what that game looks like. Man, I have never owned an Xbox, and like you are making the hard sale tonight for me to go out and get an Xbox. <laughs> I totally forgot about that game. Yeah, yeah. Really cool to, to track down and play. So, but yeah, it's just it's a thing that's been. Um, I feel like it's been a, like that is the name of the game when it comes to Star Wars video games, and yet it's been a really long time since we've had a significant story driven mm -hmm. um, Star Wars game. So, but I think it's coming back with um, in the. This is a strange way too, but I'm. Like, I am just so excited for the campaign in Battlefront 2, and it more so than I expected. Like, I was, I knew they were going to do single player something. Um, the writing was kind of on the wall for that. I think they even mentioned in like an EA earnings call or something that there's going to be some single player stuff like a while ago. I did not know that it would be such a kind of bold take um i mean i was kind of just expecting you know maybe something to like tie in with one of the films or you know something just like super like fan servicey um but not something like 
that looks like it has like triple A production values. Like it looks like something that could hang with like the new Call of Duty or you know Uncharted or like any like big triple A story based game. And I and they have the development chap uh, chops to um, back it up. Yeah, and the development chaps. <laughs> wow. Well. There's some good chaps working on this game. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some good chaps on stage, um, uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, no, no, I, but uh, one of the, I mean, the the panel really emphasized, really only emphasized the story-driven mode, right? I mean, if you were to mm-hmm. not have played Battlefront at all and not be super familiar with the first game and then tune into this panel they barely mentioned the word multiplayer. I mean, you would think this is a completely single player focused game almost, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I mean, I'm sure, uh, the multiplayer stuff will be just as robust and probably more so than it was in, in the, the last battlefront game. Yeah. Uh, we can get into that in a sec, but yeah, but it's just like, I guess in terms of what are they going to deliver if we judge based on, or make some assumptions based on what, their messaging has been, it seems mm-hmm. like the emphasis really is on the single player, um, at least in terms of what's new about the game. So uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty exciting. I, now, um, you have to walk me through this a little bit because I've watched the trailer probably at least five or six times. It looks super, super cool. There is definitely some in-engine like gameplay footage, but I don't know how yeah. much, it's hard to tell for me anyways, how much of that is like, you know, um, cutscene type stuff and how much of it is in-game footage partially because even the original battlefront just blows my mind visually and sometimes mm-hmm. when i'm playing the game it's just hard to believe i'm actually controlling something that looks that good it's amazing um and i know some of that footage in the trailer is is like in-game footage and it looks just unbelievable yeah i mean and i think like this is one of those trailers that you know pops up at you know it's we're about to get into e3 season we're gonna see a lot of really great looking trailers of games that probably won't look that great when you actually you know pop them in your console but this is this is one that i'm like yep i if that's what you are showing and that's what you're saying it looks like i believe you because like you were saying like the original Battlefront is one of the just absolute best looking games ever. Like it's definitely the best looking Star Wars game ever. Oh, yeah. And like, I mean, it's just incredible. And that was two years ago on, you know, when this hardware was a lot younger, uh, like these consoles. And that was before PS4 Pro, you know, it's before Scorpio. And I, I don't doubt that what they were showing was on a like really high end PC, but you know, PS4 Pro and Scorpio are kind of pushing towards that, you know, high end PC area. I mean, it's still there's still a little ways away, but you can get a lot out of a console. Like, you know, um, Uncharted Four on a PS4 Pro is just incredible looking and. You, like, um, so I I believe it with that footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I only have a 1080p TV. I don't have a 4K TV. Um, and so for me, like, I mean, the, trust me, I've never once walked away from playing the original Battlefront on my PS4 thinking, I don't know, it just doesn't quite look good enough for me. You know, I mean, it, it, it already, <laughs> right. like you said, it's two years old. It's the thing they started with. 
even on the base mm-hmm. hard because I'm going to be playing on the base hardware, you know, like the the yeah. you know just bottom of the line PS4, um, and uh, I, I know it's going to look incredible because the first one already does. You know what I mean? So even if it yeah. doesn't you know improve visually from the first one at all on my playstation that's going to be fine you know Um, i'm not worried about that so totally and i play you know i've been playing battlefront on um xbox one a lot and that's in i mean that's an even lower resolution that's like 900p compared to the ps4's 1080p so like and it's still at 900p still looks incredible Mm -hmm. like um well, and, and the original um, Battlefront, I mean, there were some more, I think they were called missions, right? More scripted, kind of like contained mm-hmm. sort of things. But then uh, most of the time when you're playing Battlefront, you're playing online. And I don't know, um, you know, what, what technically speaking, if um, the game is potentially going to be able to look even better in the single player mode because mm-hmm. it's more controlled um if that's not really a factor and won't make a difference visually speaking i don't know but um it just seems like because the original battlefront was so online focused um mm-hmm. that's a whole other wrinkle that gets added into the to the situation and, and not versus... just online but 40 players online <laughs> too yeah yeah like how does that how does that game even exist <laughs> like in 2015 yeah um yeah so let's actually get into um what the uh what the story is and actually before we jump into that i do want to talk a little bit about the development team structure for this game because it's pretty interesting when you watch the trailer you see the ea logo and then like three separate studios so you've got dice which are the developers of the original battlefront and they're the developers behind the um, battlefield series and they also developed the engine, the Frostbite engine, that um, is used in um, in Battlefront and you know their battle, their most recent Battlefield One and like stuff like Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, and they're going to be handling, I believe, most of the multiplayer stuff. And then there's Criterion, who um, was the former developers of the Burnout series of racing games um which were um pretty pretty popular in the like ps2 um through like you know xbox 360 generations um and they are i believe developing the space combat or the vehicle combat um portions and they also developed the playstation vr experience for the original battlefront which was um, which was excellent, and um, so I think like that stuff is in really good hands. But then the kind of untested studio is uh, EA Motive Studios, and they seem to be the ones who are um, developing the single player component. And EA Motive was a studio started by Jade Raymond, who was. Um, one of like the minds behind the original Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's former Ubisoft, and, um, and they also that studio also hired um, Kim Swift, who uh, was one of the original creators of Portal. Um, so you know, two of like 
you know, two of the biggest franchises um, and most like critically acclaimed and, you know, best selling franchises started this studio as like, I'm not really sure exactly what kind of studio it is. Um, it's. Have they not it's done a media page? Have they put out a game yet or? No. Okay. No. So they um, incubate new intellectual properties, specialize in action adventure games. Um, so I don't know. So it's kind of interesting um, on that end of it. Um, I think those are, you know, I mean, just those two um, big names in the studio, like inspire a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. um, but then um, the the writers of this game is when it is where it gets really interesting to me. And this was the moment where I was like, I mean, I saw the trailer, I was stoked. And then I saw who was writing it. And then I was like, Oh, this is in really, really good hands. And, um, and so the writers are one is, uh, Mitch Dyer, mm -hmm. um, who, if you have been following IGN, um, over, over the years, you'll know he was a writer and voice and personality there. Like, he's a dude I always loved hearing on podcasts, um, you know, Podcasts Unlocked or Beyond, um, any of any of those shows. He's always just a super smart and cool dude. Um, so that was, that was really cool, um, seeing him uh, kind of pop up there. And then the other um, writer on it... And so, yeah, the Mitch Dyer thing almost reminds me of like a Gary Witta situation where it's like, oh, this uh, this former games writer is now doing uh, some Star Wars thing. That's really awesome. That rules. Um, or I guess Kieran Gillen as well. Um, but yeah, then the other um, writer, uh, Walt Williams, who may not be a super familiar name, um, but... He wrote a game a few years ago um, called Spec Ops The Line. And this game um, was one that, you know, it's, you know, this was like middle, like PS3, 360 era, where like every other game was like a sniper dude, Spec Ops, some sort of third person or first person shooter, just like generic military stuff. It was just the market just felt really flooded with games, you know, um, in that like military shooter genre. And so like this, and you know, Spec Ops is a series that has been around. I remember like it on the, it being like a budget series on PS1. Like I worked at a game store in the early 2000s and like these were games that we'd always get in and out like constantly and they're always like $10 PS1 games and I was always like I don't what is this even and just never thought about it and so this game came out and it was in my you know seeing it in the periphery I was like oh this is definitely not something I care about and then I heard um I think it was on a one-up podcast um they they interviewed, man, I don't even remember. It may have even been Walt Williams at the time, but someone involved with the game and like, and the the people on the One Up podcast, I think it was like Garnet Lee 
someone and they were talking they're like man this game just like blew me away it was not what i was expecting at all like wow and i was like really this like military shooter game and they were speaking in like these very vague like terms and like not wanting to spoil stuff and i was like okay i'm i'm intrigued because this is just the way people are talking about this game so um it came out uh but i never picked it up or anything but then um, a little while later, maybe a, a year or so after hearing that, I think it was like a free game on PlayStation Plus. And so I, I downloaded it on PS3 and checked it out and um, ended up playing through it in just like a couple sittings. And yeah, it really was that good. Um, it, is a, um, it is a modern war game. Um, that um, really it's a, it's a bit of apocalypse now um, in a much in a more contemporary setting and it uh, it has some very interesting thematic um, elements in there and um a lot of unexpected stuff and it's again like i feel like you know it's kind of an old game at this point but i still feel like it's one that um i do want to keep talking about in vague terms because it's so much about the experience of it and um and not spoiling things um because it ends up being a really interesting and impactful experience at the end it's a game that like i still think about and i think like the storytelling and the impact it had on me is like just as strong as something like you know the original bioshock or the last of us or you know any of these games that are really like lauded for their storytelling um and yeah, it's a it's a really incredible game with some really interesting ideas and just great presentation of those ideas. Um, so yeah, seeing him, you know, credited on here was just I was like, wow, that's uh, this is going to be something. Uh, this is going to be something cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think um, maybe you remember, but uh, I, I also remember Mitch Dyer from from IGN. That's where I know him primarily. But uh, I believe he worked on a pretty high profile, um, well regarded like AAA game recently, right? I'm, I I can't remember if it was like Uncharted or if it was um, Tomb Raider, but something like that. He worked on a. I know he worked on a pretty big game. I don't think he was like the primary writer, but um, oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not. Um, I know of Mitch Dyer from IGM, but I've I've also, um, you know, um, heard about some of the stuff he's he's done since he's moved into development. So um, that's really cool that, that that both of those writers have a have a, a strong background and are you know respected guys that uh, will hopefully put together something really cool. Especially because the what we know about the single player. Um, aspect of the game and the story is that we're playing from the perspective of the Empire, right? So that mm-hmm. is um, not completely unprecedented, but definitely kind of surprising. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like, okay, if you're going to put me in the shoes of somebody who's who's fighting against the rebellion and, you know, essentially on the side of the bad guys, um, I definitely want that to be handled by, by people who, um, 
you know, are going to be able to, to do that in a way that's, I'm still going to want to play and I'm still going to want to be, you know, um, fulfilling that role. So. And I think, I think again, like Walt Williams is the perfect guy for this job because spec ops line is all about like moral ambiguity, gray areas, who are the good guys really like all of that stuff. That is, that is what that game is. And, um, it's, uh, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think this game is going to go as deep as spec ops line went because that game went real deep and got real dark, um, real dark. And I, I don't think this is going to be that. And I don't want it to be that, but I think it will probably, I think it will probably get close to like rogue one ish vibes i think could be very possible i think we could be seeing kind of the equivalent like the video game equivalent of like the rogue one um feeling yeah and and that's that's cool that's really cool especially because like i I know that um you know ea and uh and dice and whoever caught a bunch of uh heat for you know the original battlefront not having a a single player uh, mode but you know the fact that it, it seems like with this one if we're going to do it, we're going to do it in a way that's like really worth doing. And, um, you know, I, th- I think again, you know, what we know about the game at this point is not really all that much, but you can sort of make some assumptions or conclusions based on the messaging and based on like the choices we know about. So we know that they're putting a lot of emphasis on this single player mode and we know that they've hired, um, you know, some really great, really strong writers to, to write the game. So all signs sort of lead towards um, or point towards them really wanting to put together a, a very compelling single player story. And that's exciting. Honestly, I would have been fine if they didn't, do, like if they had just said like, I'm going to give you a single player campaign to play through in Battlefront. I would have been really happy about that, even with a very mm-hmm. weak or like almost non-existent story. That would have been cool. So to know that they really, they'll want to, you know, provide something, beyond that and and hopefully tell a really good story is is cool and i'm excited about the fact that the story is uh i guess going to start you know around uh the battle of endor and lead up to the sequel era you know mm-hmm. um i think that'll be really cool and really interesting and we have not seen very much content that deals with those years in between return of the jedi and the force awakens at all um so i mean that that's potentially really exciting too yeah and um and when they when they were discussing kind of what they look to for inspiration for the story um two things that were cited were um Shattered Empire mm-hmm. uh the Greg Rucka um comic series which um which is excellent and also um and I think this would be <laughs> probably the closest analogy um, Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, um, which is another, you know, from the Empire perspective, from a soldier within the Empire's perspective, um, and spanning, you know, across eras mm-hmm. in the Star Wars series. So, um, I think that's uh, an- another really good sign. Um, a-, a very good way to win me over when it comes to Star Wars is to bring up Lost Stars. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, maybe you can clarify this for me or help me understand how this is all going to work because I'm, I'm a little confused um, from watching the panel. I know that you're going to play as this character, uh, Iden, I think her name is Iden Versio. Um, she's mm-hmm. part of... Um, I'm sorry, what is the name of this new squadron? Inferno uh, Squad. Inferno Squad. So she's she's the leader of Inferno Squad. Um, sounds good. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna and actually the the novel um, Inferno Squad is gonna start um, with the first with the, that kind of team coming together. So you'll learn a bunch about that. And that actually comes out this summer, I think, in June, right? End of June, um, if mm. I remember correctly. Nice. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to like being able to read that this summer and and start to understand a little bit about these characters and the story. But what I'm leading up to here is that they've also promised we'll be able to play as some other heroes, Star Wars characters, and probably some villains too in the single camp, uh, player campaign. And so I'm just trying to wrap my head around how <laughs> we're going to tell this like very serious and uh, you know uh, story with a lot of depth about inferno squad and then all of a sudden be like well now you're darth maul you know probably not darth maul but you know what i'm saying like <laughs> how, how does that work in a game like this um, um yeah so the the line here is it says but there's more to the story you'll also be meeting some of star wars's greatest heroes in the single player campaign you'll take control of these heroes as their paths cross with inferno squad so does that mean at like a certain point you're going to all of a sudden be um you know playing as I don't even know who would make sense in a post uh post battle of Endor um world because like you said we don't know too much about that time period we don't really know what like Luke goes off and does we know a little bit more about like, you know, Han and Chewie um, because there's a little bit of that in Aftermath. Um, but I, yeah, you got to wonder like who is going to be crossing paths with Inferno Squad in this like 30 year period between, um, you know, the end of Jedi and I guess what would it be? Be, be pre Force Awakens. I would guess pre Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I know there's going to be some kind of Last Jedi tie-in content, I think too. But I would guess that's a multiplayer map or or something like that. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean that's going to be interesting. And then I, for me, it's. I mean, there's that element. How do you tie it in? But, you know, you could easily do like Chewbacca or even Han Solo. Like, who knows what he was up to during those years and, you know, end up in the... I feel like those are the two most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so, too. Um, Leia, perhaps. Um, mm. Probably not Luke. That would be that would be odd. Although I mm. thought I thought I heard, you know, you'll be able to play as Luke in this campaign at some point. I thought I had heard that, but um, who knows? Maybe it would be just after Endor or something that, that maybe that could make sense. But um, but uh, no, but I just it seems like if I'm playing as Inferno Squad, I'm playing uh, as this character Iden or you know whoever is on her team, and I'm fighting against the rebellion. It seems like it would feel odd to then switch sides, and now I'm going to attack the you know who i was playing as previously so yeah just, I, i'm sure that they've got a way also to do it work though that could also be interesting mm-hmm. as yeah. well um 
I mean, it sounds cool. You know, I'm definitely excited yeah. to do it. I just, uh, it's a, it's, it's definitely not, you know, the sort of basic take on a start on a, like a video game story that, that, uh, I would expect in a game like this. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, cool. who knows how, what capacity any of that even happens yeah. in like, well, as we've been talking about it, I was almost thinking like aftermath, like the, the aftermath novel, how, you know, for the most part you're reading, one story about a core group of characters, but then every six or seven chapters, there's like this, like two page, um, mm-hmm. uh, it not, I forget what they called them now. Um, but you know what I'm talking about? These vignettes. little, yeah, these little vignettes, they had a name for them, which I'm forgetting. Yeah. But, um, whatever, uh, they were called, you know, they would just sort of break from what you were doing. And it was, it was not that it was, well, they really were, they were almost unrelated to what you were reading in the core story. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's almost a thing where the primary chapters of the single player mode are about Inferno squad, but then, you know, some smaller like sub chapters or like additional chapters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that don't necessarily tie right into exactly, you know, the single player campaign, but in any case, uh, you know, I feel like the the story they're developing sounds like it's going to be super interesting. And then they're promising, you know, some pretty exciting gameplay experiences, too, um, in terms of that, that, uh, that hero stuff. Um, I wanted to mention also, because you brought up the three different studios that are working on the game. Um, was it that way with the original Battlefront or was it mainly DICE that did the original Battlefront? I think it was, it was almost entirely DICE. Um, okay aside from the Criterion VR experience. Okay. Because I really liked, uh, I obviously loved the original Battlefront, but uh, one thing I felt like when I played it was that the this, the vehicle combat was okay, but not, mm-hmm. it wasn't fun to me the same way like a Rogue Squadron game was. Or yeah, something. it wasn't that Factor 5. <laughs> no, no. So if, if they've decided on this one, we're going to get a whole studio to be devoted just to mm-hmm. that element of it. I think that's potentially really exciting. And... Um, you know, I, I already mentioned it once tonight, but I really thought Disney Infinity was a really, really good game with a lot of great ideas. And I remember with that, uh, specifically Disney Infinity 2, I guess it was called, or whichever one was Star Wars. Um, 3.0? Oh, 3.0? Okay, that's right, 3.0. Uh, I remember specifically that they had, like, I think three studios that came in and yeah. one studio handled a certain element like of it. Avalanche, studio. Sumo Digital, yeah. Yeah, Sumo Digital did the Ninja racing theory. stuff. theory... Right? Did the combat. did the combat? Yeah, and I thought that worked out really well. I mean, I thought that it ended mm-hmm. up being a super good game, um, and probably that had a lot to do with it. So I think that's that's pretty promising for for Battlefront as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so I guess we can talk a little bit about the multiplayer, um, and so I guess we should maybe preface this by talking about a little bit about our experiences with the original battlefront, what we, what we dug, what we didn't. Um, for me, um, you know, I have been, it's the original battlefront is a game that I would have gone hot and cold and hot and cold on a bit. Um, like i mean when i first played it i was just like blown away because of like the visual fidelity and just how good it looked and then as i you know those first few weeks of playing i started getting like pretty frustrated playing online because i i just i felt like you know i'd be alive for like 
30 seconds and get killed and then respawn and get killed again. And like, I, I just couldn't like hit anyone like, and I was just like dead before I even saw other guys. And, um, I was getting really frustrated with it. And then, um, and then I kind of just, you know, would pick it up now and then I kept picking it up every time there'd be a new DLC. And, you know, every time I did pick it up again, um, whether it be for like the um, the Bespin or the Jabba's Palace, um, the, the Death Star one, um, and then most recently the Rogue One, the Scarif stuff. Um, you know, every time I, I started getting more and more comfortable and this was like months apart, um, that I would pick the game up and like kind of binge on it for like a weekend or something. Um, and then also then like playing with friends, like playing with, um, like Kevin and us just like chatting on our headsets about whatever, um, while we're just like running around and playing and not really like thinking about it, it, it gradually became more comfortable and um and you know as you play you um you gain currency you gain levels and you can unlock new equipment and stuff and as i started doing that and i was like less limited equipment wise i started getting even more comfortable i was finding the stuff that worked for me like you know i'm not i'm not a good quick aim so like a super powerful like sniper rifle style weapon would be no good for me because by the time i actually get it aimed on someone i'd be dead five times over but you know if i could get a bunch of grenades in my in my cards and i could kind of have like always be cycling different types of grenades and using those that's good also a you know rifle that has you know good accuracy to kind of make up for some of my own inadequacies um you know that's going to help me out a lot too and you know i've gradually just become more and more comfortable with the game and um and now i like just really really enjoy it like i think it's i think overall it's a really simple shooter um it's you know i mean it's basically like a shooter from 1999 like it is like you just you get in there you have either like a basic like capture the flag type thing um or you're just you know shooting at something you're capturing control points which are just like standing there um you know it's nothing like to you know it's it's nothing new really but um i think the super fast paced gameplay is great um, because, you know, you die and then you respawn like almost instantly. You're not sitting there for two minutes just watching other people run around and everything. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just, it's really, it's, it's comfortable to me now in a way that, um, almost like something like Splatoon is where I can just like hop in and it's not like this stressful frustrating experience that it used to be like i can just hop in i know i'm never going to be the top of the the leaderboard i'm never going to be the top ranked player like i'm usually going to be maybe in the middle most likely at the bottom or towards the bottom mm -hmm. and i'm just kind of okay with that because it's you know i get in there i get a i'll get a few good plays in the match and um and that's that's about it. And 
it's still kind of fun and i think there's um there is always this uh this feeling when a when a round ends and it's like okay do i want i i think i'm gonna exit and then it, i just kind of sit there and i'm like i'll just do one more like yeah it's like oh now we're doing walker assault okay yeah i want to do that and um and i don't know so yeah now it's it's become a game that i i really really like um much much more than i initially did cool 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 yeah uh no i didn't get the game until december so it had been out for what was that like 13 months at that point um so for me and i don't play shooters i don't play games like battlefront generally speaking at all so i'm terrible like really really bad um and i feel like once like the what do you call it the deluxe edition or the 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 complete version yeah. yeah had all the DLC, the Rogue One stuff, mm-hmm. everything was in there. So that was cool. Um, I was able to kind of sample everything all at once. But I also felt like once I jumped in online, you know, a lot of times I was playing against people who had probably been playing the game close to nonstop for 13 months and mm-hmm. know how to play those kind of games. And I don't know what I'm doing at all. Plus, I, I don't have like the gear and, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways, it was just a total disaster um, when I would jump in and start playing initially. But mm-hmm. even without a single player, I felt like there was actually quite a bit to do in Battlefront besides just jump online and play against other people. Um, I really had a lot of fun doing missions um, either by myself or with like if a friend came over to the house or I played online because you can do the missions two player online too mm-hmm. um, with yeah. friends. So that was really cool. Some of the training stuff, just like and just doing like the beggars canyon thing or whatever it is like and and mm-hmm. and doing the um the the speeder bikes from return of the jedi like those are short experiences they don't last super long and there's not necessarily it's not like meaty content exactly but um that stuff is really fun and you just feel i mean it's on like i said i know i'm gushing about the visuals all night tonight but they just look so so good yeah that uh, endor level like, oh my goodness my yeah it's insane. Yeah. So, you know, I had a lot of fun with it, but I knew going into it, like, I think I only paid $20 for the complete edition of the game, maybe 25 mm-hmm. I got a really good deal on it. Um, and I, I knew that it wasn't a game that was designed for someone like me, but I still had a ton of fun with it. Um, I would love to, this summer, spend more time, you know, playing the game and play online some more. And, you know, you mentioned some of our friends that we were hoping would get the game that haven't gotten it yet. I would still love to get because it's so cheap now. You can get it for so cheap. I would love to get some of our friends to pick that up and, you know, do some online stuff um, and just play a bit over the summer. Not super seriously because obviously it's a it's a game that's... I mean, we're looking forward to the new one more so than like wanting mm-hmm. to get super into the current one at this point. But um, I'd still like to play more. Uh, I have found that for me, I can't remember the number. Is it... Tw- there's You can do the 40-player... Uh, multiplayer stages, or then I think it's like a 12, 12 person. Yeah, I found that I enjoyed those quite a bit more um, than the 40 man stages, uh, mm. just because I, you know, it was like not quite so populated, and I could move like 20 feet without getting immediately destroyed <laughs> versus like five feet yeah. in the 40 person. Um, but even me, like being really bad and not knowing what I'm doing, like at all. Um, if I would play for an hour or an hour and a half or two hours, by the time I was getting towards the end of my rounds or my, my at the end of my play, uh, play session, I would have like, usually, you know, um, I would have more kills than deaths and I would be, you know, in the middle of the, the standings or whatever, when it was over, not like totally at the bottom. Um, and for me, that was a major victory, you know? So, mm-hmm. 
Um, it, it's not, I, I don't want to give the impression if anybody hasn't played it yet and they have the ability to do it, like they have a console to play it on or whatever. Um, I don't want to give the impression that it's just completely like unapproachable for somebody who doesn't play those games because I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not good at them. And I have had um, some you know, success with it. And, uh, it's just really fun to, I mean, there's such a variety of worlds and, um, you know, like I said, there's the multiplayer stuff, there's the mission modes, there's the training modes. So, uh, at this point, you know, being able to get it at a discount too, um, I would recommend in anybody, you know, get the game and mm-hmm. just, it's worth 25 or $30 just to like mess around in these gorgeous, you know, star Wars environments. So, yeah, and I mean, I've, I've bought the game twice at full price, and uh, I just, uh, just this week, um, like, I had the I had the digital Ultimate Edition on um, PS4, and that was, you know, that was before the disc one even came out at the discounted price, so I, I paid, like, a, a hefty sum, and this was, like, around when it came out. Um, for the you know the game and the season pass on PS4 and then, um, but then um, Kevin and I had been talking about like getting back into it on Xbox One, so um, so I just bought the I already had it digitally on Xbox One, um, the base game, but I didn't have any of the DLC. So what I just did. Um, was on Amazon, I bought the Ultimate Edition for 25 bucks, which comes with a code for the season pass. Um, so I got, you know, I got that in the mail, used the code, the, you know, season pass stuff works fine with the digital copy I already own, and then I'm just going to sell the disc, and I'm only going to get 10 or 15 bucks for it, but still that, you know, gives me the DLC for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. on xbox one as well so um and it's definitely a game that i have like no problem supporting yeah. um because i think that they you know the dlc a lot of people complain that the you know the dlc and the season pass were pricey at the start um but i think they delivered um and i would say especially if you are a um ps4 player and you have psvr um because you know they delivered a really great um extra experience with that as well yeah i'm i'm uh, definitely jealous that uh, that you were able to do that cuz i i would love to do like star wars vr um i was going to mention when we talked about celebration uh i actually did get a chance to do a little bit of a star wars uh vr experience at celebration um mm. nissan was there and they've been doing this Rogue One promotion, and they have the Nissan Rogue, like the Rogue One edition, uh, which is <laughs> oh a, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's they, it's like only five thousand of those they made. So very yeah, my edition. my dad called to tell me about that. Oh, my dad, who I don't think has ever seen a Star Wars movie, was like, <laughs> "Did you hear about this car for the new Star Wars movie?" He didn't buy it, did he? No, uh, no. I oh, wish. Okay. Right. But, um, yeah, I wish too. To tell me yeah, about that. That's, which was that's pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool, man. I, I was able to check it out. It's it's pretty low key, you know, but there's just like there's like little it's all black and it has these like little flourishes and touches throughout the car inside and out that kind of um, give it that Star Wars vibe, but it's mm-hmm. nothing too major. There's like the uh, the rebel insignia is like in a dark gray on the back quarter panel 
So like you can see it, but it's not like it's not like woohoo, this is the Star Wars car, like all loud yeah. and crazy, you know. So uh it, it's pretty cool. Um actually, hold on. I have my because one of my favorite things to do is just hold stuff up to the camera. Um uh -huh. I have my uh Death Trooper Nissan Rogue keychain that I got uh at Star Wars Celebration because oh, I went to okay. their booth. Uh-huh. I went to their booth and I checked out uh the the car a little bit and then they had this uh Nissan Rogue VR experience. Um, which is cool. Uh, it was with an <laughs> Oculus. It was with an Oculus Rift. Um, okay, so that was cool because I've never obviously I've never used know. one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you get into a Nissan Rogue in virtual reality, but you're like driving around. I I don't know what planet it is. If it's Jetta, probably Jetta. Um, but then there's like stormtroopers and uh, Tie Fighters and a Star Destroyer and like an ATAT and like all this stuff all around you. So it's just kind of like it's almost like getting into like a, a ride that just like you know you get in and you know go around the tracks like you know a Disney ride or something where you're just kind of mm -hmm. like riding through it and seeing all the stuff that happens. Um, but so that was cool. So I got to do that. But I feel like that's nothing in comparison to like what's in the the Battlefront VR mission. Um, I was also oddly I guess I, you know, I, I haven't done any other VR and I don't know like how this compares, but it was like oddly low res to me, which I know the PSVR is like maybe a little bit low res, but I thought mm -hmm. the talk with Oculus was that it was, you know, it was pretty high res or whatever in comparison, but um, it definitely felt as soon as I put it on, I was expecting to be like, oh my God, I'm on um, Jetta right now. But instead it was like, it was very cool, but it was also like, I'm looking at some screens right now because they're kind of low res, you know, the, um, the screen door effect. Yeah. But I bet that that would be uh, considerably lessened if I was in a space mission. You know what I mean? Where I felt like I was in space. Yeah. Um, Cause it's black, you know what I mean? So you're not going to notice that like screen door stuff. I, I would think as much, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it varies, you know, I mean, like as with all video games, like, um, you know, it, it you really have to have you have to have that art there that works mm -hmm. for it um because you know there's some stuff that i played on psvr and i was like wow this like actually looks like a playstation 2 game and then there's other stuff like you know like the batman arkham vr where i was like this is amazing like how does this look like a generation beyond yeah, like this other game that launched at the same day. Like it's, I don't know, but I mean VR is still early, but um, it it sure is cool to sample Star Wars stuff within it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I was hoping that the 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 that the Battlefront VR would be there on the show floor in some capacity, but uh, it wasn't. So oh, uh, you know. Sometime I'll give that a try, but I'm I'm really looking yeah. forward to that because you it's only like 15 minutes long <laughs> and there's only like one path really. So yeah, but yeah, I mean but I you're piloting an X-wing, right? Yeah, you're piloting I mean, I put... an X-wing. So I mean that's yeah, yeah that would be cool. I did I did a uh, Star Wars Battle Pod. I might have mentioned that I think on an episode of Blockade Runner. Oh, okay, um, you finally got a chance to play it. I finally got a chance to play it at GameWorks. Yeah, and it was super cool. Um, but even that, just like being in that pod and like being surrounded mm -hmm. by screens, like you kind of, I mean, I definitely kind of felt like I was moving around in a, in a speeder, snow yeah. speeder or an X-wing or whatever. And it was really cool. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, no word on like a VR mode for battlefront two yet though. Right? No, no. I mean, we'll see. Um, I mean, man, I don't know. I don't know what's, it's going to be an interesting E3. I'm wondering if it will, if we'll see like kind of the next generation of 
VR um, kind of uh, rearing its head, or maybe we're still a few years off from that. I don't know. Um, yeah. But... Well, in EA Play, does that take place around? Uh, yeah, EA? yeah, that's E. That's EA's kind of separate event um, during 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 E three. Yeah, like last year they did um, they did it from like a few different locations. Like there was like a London one, and I think like an LA one. Okay. Because the the Battlefront Two site it, it mentions that if, in a few places that that's like when the next big chunk of information will come out for for Battlefront Two. So, uh, or when we'll learn more about the gameplay experience, probably be playable, I would guess, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have a feeling um, because we know like Sony has a deal with um, you know EA and and uh, Lucas Lucas Films for. Um, you know, some degree of Star Wars stuff. I'm not totally clear on what that arrangement is because there's uh, um, there's some interesting twists to that. But um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like part of a campaign mission played through, um, like a vertical slice played through at like the Sony conference. Yeah, um, I could see that being like a like a little piece of it. Like we've seen like, like Lego star Wars was, um, unveiled at the, uh, at the Sony, at a Sony conference, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, for, uh, the force awakens one. Wasn't that last year? Was that last year's Sony one? Um, I think it would have been the year before, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah. But, um, maybe it would have been, I don't know. Yeah. Now, I already I, I bought it last summer and I got it on a pretty deep discount uh, Lego Star Wars Force Awakens so I think it must have come out before that but uh, no because I think they announced the demo and then because I remember playing the demo right after E3 yeah, I, it could be I guess I bought it on Steam on July 11th of last year it was my son's birthday and oh, I got okay. it for pretty cheap but maybe maybe it went cheap after early a month I don't maybe know. that's just Steam yeah yeah it could just be Steam yeah uh, alright well there's a couple things more I want to talk about at least quickly for Battlefront 2 I don't know if you had mm-hmm. other things that you wanted to address or um no no okay go ahead. Uh, just quickly, like the the online stuff. I know we've we've been talking about it, but uh, the site says um, that in terms of like in addition to the story campaign, uh, there's gonna be more of just about everything for multiplayer. So that's cool. More heroes, more vehicles, more eras, more battlegrounds, more customization, more progress and op- or progression options. We didn't really talk about the fact that like the hero characters or I guess the characters that you play mm-hmm. as in the multiplayer mode, you're gonna be kind of leveling up and stuff as you go, which was not the case. Um, in the original Battlefront, right? Like you weren't really progressing your character. It, I mean, you were and you weren't. Like you had, I mean, you just kind of had this perpetual generic build um, where, you know, you could, you know, you could get like different like hairstyles and stuff. And then, you know, like I was talking about earlier, you could customize your cards, which are your kind of extra items you bring into battle, um, like grenades or the jetpack or, um whatever and then your like weapon loadout as well um and you you do that for both rebels and um empire um 
but it i mean it it was not as deep as it sounds with um with battlefront 2 where there um where there appears to be like a class based system where you know you're going to go out there to kind of fulfill a specific role when you um you know and that's you're going to be kind of leveling up that role um and i mean i think we need to see a little bit more of this before like i think we can totally like call it but um kind of the the vibe i'm getting i think when i think of like a class based shooter at this point and i think probably most people like at this moment in time probably think of overwatch um which has these you know it's broken that game is broken down into like um you can choose from these different character archetypes which are also like characters with you know background stories and everything um in the game but there's like you know a group it's when you start up overwatch it's basically like looking at a um like a fighting game character selection um and you have like your it's broken down you have like your um your dps your damage dealers these are like your snipers your characters with rocket launchers and then you have your um tank characters which are like the ones who are out there like defending um and you know defending the party and the you know the team and everything and then you have like healers which are you know your medic class basically that are going around and like healing everyone up keeping everyone healthy um you know keep putting shields on players stuff like that so i'm wondering if it will be broken down like that and if it will be that kind of like I don't know, binary, like you're fulfilling like a role, almost like a like a party member in like World of Warcraft when you're like in a dungeon or something, you're like doing one thing. You're not like a jack of all trades. Um, and that could have a huge impact on how, you know, battles play out. Because like I kind of mentioned before, like it's um the way the game is now, it it you know, it's an it's a 1999 shooter. Like it's you just go out there, you try to just shoot as many people as possible. Like maybe you're running over to, you know, capture a point or something, but you're still just running over there and shooting everyone on the other team. Like that is that is your role. That is everyone's role, essentially. Um, except when you get into a little bit playing as like the heroes when you're you know playing as like Leia and when in that like rare case where you're like throwing out like health packs or something um that's where it almost gets a little um a little bit into that uh that that class uh combat um but i think i mean it's all going to depend on how far they go with this stuff um if they are going to go like full overwatch which is a little um that's a little intimidating um, because that is something that, you know, Blizzard took a very long time and they continue to tweak and balance that game as they introduce new characters. And that is like, that is all that game is. And it's, you know, it's taken a lot of work to get it there. And I like, they, 
if that's the approach they're going for, like that is a really high standard and that is a lot of work and focus, especially when you're considering you have like, you also have space combat and a single player campaign and, you know, all of this other stuff that, you know, doesn't exist in something like Overwatch, or it could be something again, like, um, I, I'm just bringing up Overwatch and Splatoon because they're like the only other shooters <laughs> I play. But um, with Splatoon, you kind of have, you can, you sort of pick your role by just picking your weapon. Like, you know, if I'm going to play using a splat roller, I know I'm not going to be out there to get like a ton of kills or anything. Like my goal is just going to be to cover, you know, as much of the ground with paint as I can. And, um, but if I pick something like the, uh, like one of the, the sniper rifles, then I know I'm going to need to like hang back and, you know, um, you know, find some high ground and be ready to snipe people. Like I'm not going to just go run into the enemy base or anything, um, which is something I would do if I picked one of like, you know, the, I guess, equivalents of like the assault rifles or something. And that I think is a, is a little bit more accessible. Um, I still consider that kind of like class, um, class-based combat in a way, because, you know, it, it is, a, you are changing your play style depending on, um, you know, the weapon you pick up. But I don't know, maybe this will be somewhere kind of in between um splatoon and overwatch or maybe it will kind of be its own thing or maybe it will just feel like original battlefront but you can also do a couple other things yeah um it'll be interesting to see for sure uh the other thing i wanted to mention too is the whole like all eras of star wars movies thing Mm. in the game i think that's pretty cool uh it's nice to see some definite like prequel era locations and characters um i do think it's it's uh i'm I'm looking forward to seeing what modes they're going to include for like what they refer to as a era crossover play um where like Mm -hmm. you know you could pit somebody from the sequel trilogy in a battle against somebody from the prequel trilogy what is that i mean almost sounds like a fighting game or something so um i don't know what that's going to look like or if maybe they'll just have certain modes where it's like hey you could choose any character you want just have them all running around in here Um, yeah I mean, there's like the there's like the hero battle mode. Um, I forgot what it's even called in the original Battlefront, but those those hero, um, it's in like the twelve player thing. But yeah. you can have you know you can have Lando Calrissian and Jyn Erso okay. in the same match, and it's yeah. See, I, I didn't really ever do much with the hero stuff because I felt like as cool as it was to be like Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader or something. Um, I don't know. I just didn't, it felt like a weird thing added in to me. I know people love that stuff, but it just controlling Luke with his lightsaber or Darth Vader and trying to do all these like force pushes and stuff. It just didn't feel like the same game. It felt like a weird extra thing to me, like almost just like a weird bonus mode, you know? Yeah. That's kind of, um, I'm kind of the same way. And that's why I actually, um, I actually prefer like the, the 40 person, um, battles in Battlefront because I kind of just love the idea of being like a nameless grunt out mm-hmm. on this battlefield and like being totally expendable and like not part of the story, like just being part of this battle. Um, I think that's where the game kind of shines 
for me personally. And then, but once, yeah, like once you get into the, all right, now I'm, you know, I'm Dengar, like mowing down a bunch of dudes like here or Bosk or whatever, <laughs> like fighting Boba Fett, fighting Darth Vader. It's like, well, this is, this, this feels like a, like a stupid PS2 game, kind of. <laughs> like it, it, like i don't know yeah um but i mean that's yeah again that stuff's cool and i actually i really do like as soon as i had the chance to like jump in and play that and see like Jin or so in there like that is that was really cool um seeing like the new the new characters and stuff in you know in video game form like that stuff was cool but um I don't know. They could do they could do cool stuff with that. Um I don't I don't hate the idea. Like I don't hate the idea of there being like a Star Wars Smash Brothers type like yeah. mode or something. Like get like Dr. Afra in there, get get Veers, get get Wat Tambor. <laughs> like um Oh man, Wat Tambor you had me at Wat Tambor. I'm sold on that. That would be cool. <laughs> Like just a, just Dude, a, why didn't why was that not in the trailer? Veers versus Wat Tambor, <laughs> like the ultimate showdown across all eras of Star Wars. Oh my uh, god! I, th- I think Dark Horse published that comic back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, before we wrap up here, why don't we talk about uh, some news that uh, serendipitously came out today? Actually, um, about the uh, I guess it's like a pre-order bonus, right? If you uh, if you pre-order Battlefront yeah. Two, well, first off, you get to play. It, it, what, what do we call this? It's the um, what's the edition that you where you can play early and. Um, so, this is interesting. This is another thing that, like, I kind of was. Um, I was going to mention when we were talking about like the the weirdness between the um, the Sony and uh you know ea deal Mm -hmm. when it comes to star wars because like sony will i think on ps4 you got like dlc maps like a week early or something um however you almost got a better deal if you were playing on xbox at least like leading up to launch because um on Xbox, um, they have this program called um, EA Access, and it's thirty bucks thirty bucks a month, and you get like this vault of EA games, um, you know Xbox One and ex- old Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty games that you can just you know download um, as long as you're subscribed. Um, but you also get like a week of early access on a lot of their a lot of EA games on the Xbox console. So um, so Battlefront players, like, you know, if you pre-ordered it on um, Xbox One digitally through EA Access, which you also got a 10% discount for, um, you got to play it a week earlier. Yeah. And so that could i'm assuming it well yeah i've got some info on case. yeah i've got some info on that here i, I actually went ahead and just uh 
instead of guessing I, like I usually do, okay. I looked it up um, and I was able to find it pretty quickly. So uh, no, but uh, it's, it's November 9th, actually. The game comes out November 17th, worldwide release, as they say. Okay. November 9th on EA Access and Origin Access, there is a play first trial, whatever. I mean, maybe that's what you're talking about, or maybe that's a limited version of the game. Okay. But November 9th, so that's pretty early. Wow. And then what I was mentioning is the Battlefront 2 Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition, which I think is $79.99. Um, and that, if you buy that version, you get it on November 14th. Um, and then I don't know if you have to pre order if it has to be only that elite trooper version or if you pre-order the game just in general, but um, you get access to some costumes, I think for, uh, for Ray and Kylo Ren. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like that uh, depending on what platform you're playing on and what service you're part of, you can play the game either on November 9th or November 14th, um, which we'd already known. But then today, I'm going to, in here a second, uh, cut over to this imagery uh, of these um, these new costumes for me and Kylo Ren. Today, uh, I guess, I, I'm looking at a story, and I'll put it up here in just a second from Games Radar, um, from Connor Sheridan from today. But uh, apparently, GameStop Ireland uh, put up this, this promo image that shows these new costumes. Um, so let me cut that over to the stream here. Um, and so there, yeah, so, uh, you can play as, um, or you can have these costumes, Kylo Ren and Ray, and, uh, we're actually seeing, I think like a, the best view we've seen so far of Ray's look from the last Jedi, her, her outfit in the last Jedi. Um, I think that's as close up to it as we've gotten. So if we scroll yeah. down here, um, we see Kylo Ren. He looks essentially the same as he did before. There's the scar, although this is pretty low res, this image, so I can't actually see the scar. Mm -hmm. But I think that you know that's the only difference. I'm curious if he'll have a helmet at all in uh, in The Last Jedi or if he's going to be mainly helmetless now that we, we know what he looks like. Um, so that's cool. But then uh, Rey um, here. We, we have Rey um, with her new haircut, which we've already seen the new haircut. Mm -hmm. Um as the uh, the article mentions here, we've seen her looking this way in some T-shirt uh, designs. I actually have the T-shirt from the Disney Parks that has her in this kind of new look. But uh, but yeah, I think this is the best you know kind of we've seen her her appearance in in the Last Jedi. So I thought that was cool and, and worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's very. Um, we were talking about this before we recorded, but very prequel looking. Mm -hmm. Like well, ever since that Jedi yeah. robes and everything. Yeah, ever since that haircut has been or that hairstyle has been mm -hmm. revealed, um, it's been suggested that uh, you know, that that she looks very prequel era. Um and or actually that she looks a lot like Qui Gon Jinn. Um yeah. is is what uh, people have been saying. No 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 rat tail. No <laughs> braided rat tail though. Well there could be and we just don't see it, maybe, but maybe. yeah, no, that's maybe. true. Um, actually the author here of this article on games radar then put a, a screenshot of Qui-Gon in there. So, yeah. um, it's similar, but then again, it's similar to probably most of the prequel era Jedi, you know, kind of gear or whatever you want to say. So, yeah, um, the, the big, the big thick belt in the middle, like that looks like something I, I saw on like the battle of Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> 
some yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some nameless Jedi. Well, I mean, I'm sure they have a name, but um, someone that just like ran out there. Like, yeah, that looks like something that someone could have been wearing. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, um, and she's holding the the blue Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker lightsaber there still. So that's cool. I personally, I've heard people talk about wanting her to get her own lightsaber and have a different lightsaber design or whatever. But I like the classic lightsaber myself. So we'll see. But um, yeah. no, I think it's. What, what what are your feelings on that? On the lightsaber? Yeah. What do you want? I, to I think whatever works for the story. I mean, um, I think this. I think this is cool. Like you know, her just having, um, you know, Luke's saber. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, that's that's telling. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it's telling, but um, that's that's interesting yeah. for sure. Well, I've heard talk of like wanting to to uh, see like her use a double bladed lightsaber because she has the staff that's, you know, kind of like a double sided lightsaber Mm. or something. And I mean, that's cool, but like there's something iconic to me about like the, just the blue and the green single lightsaber, you know, and red single lightsaber. That's, that's what I like personally, but. Yeah. And I mean, I, not to get on too much of a tangent, but if this is the last Jedi, um, you know, if that's kind of the theme surrounding it, like, I don't know if, you know, making new Jedi gear and like cooler Jedi gear is really going to be the focus mm-hmm. of it or I think it or if it's going to be clinging to the last uh, you know, remnant remnants of a of a bygone era. Yeah. Um, well, we we did an episode uh, last week, Chris and I, about the the Last Jedi trailer, um, and I got to speak my piece, I guess, a little bit about that. But like, even just you saying that right now, I want to launch into like an hour long discussion because mm-hmm. I have thoughts on all that. But um, yeah. I think we're I think we're out of time for tonight. But I you know yeah. I haven't talked to you about the Last Jedi on the show or really too much. Um, otherwise, haven't talked to Kevin about it. Um, so, uh, you know, there's definitely room for us, Lindsay, um, I have mm-hmm. no idea what Lindsay thinks about it. So there's definitely room for us to talk more about that trailer and, um, you know, with, uh, with May 4th coming up and then the, the, the 40th anniversary of star Wars at the end of May and, um, you know, just launching in here into the summer kind of news cycle for this upcoming movie. I feel like there's going to be some, some opportunities for us to talk about last Jedi soon. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, for sure. So we'll, we'll have to get into all of that, uh, all that soon, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Cool. Um, I did want to mention too, very quickly, uh, that, uh, just a few hours ago. So this is like hot off the press, uh, so to speak. Um, the, uh, star Wars puzzle droids app launched on iOS. I don't know if it's up on like Google play or, you know, the Android store or whatever, but, um, this uh, Star Wars Puzzle Droids game launched on on iOS, and uh, I, I got to play that at Star Wars Celebration as well, and actually chatted with one of the producers for a few minutes. And um, I think it's going to be pretty fun. Um, it's uh, from the perspective, I think, of of the droids from the Star Wars films, and it, uh, it you know it's a match three puzzle game. So I mean that's what it is. But um, in terms of the environments and the settings and stuff, it goes to a lot of different Star Wars locations and. Uh, there's a bunch of different uh, like Star Wars characters, and uh, I think the art style is really nice. So uh, maybe we'll talk about it more in the future because I've just been able to play it a tiny bit. But uh, from what I played, I thought it was really fun. And you know, like I said, match games are cool. 
if you throw some Star Wars into the mix, especially droids, it's it's uh, it's pretty enticing to me. So um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty excited to, to check this out. And I would say if you have, uh, you know, especially if you have an iOS device, because I can confirm by looking at it right now that uh, it's on iOS, uh, go check it out, you know, and uh, check the Google Play Store or whatever and and uh, take a look for it too. So. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm downloading it right now, um, and <laughs> on my uh, on my iPhone, I got my uh, BB-8, BB-8 case mm-hmm. here, and I saw some BB-8 uh, in the in the store here. So this is probably gonna be a real good game. It's gonna uh, be a good fit for my phone. <laughs> I think it will be. Um, quickly though, just to, so I'm not totally outdone by you, uh, I feel like this is the only Ooh. acceptable. Um, uh, wallpaper for an iPhone at this point, so I don't know if you if you're rocking that one yet or not, but um, maybe something to consider. That's a, that's a good choice. The the poster, mm. yeah, the poster that uh, is still like at least seventy dollars on eBay uh, right now that I need to to track down. But oh, those will be like mass produced. I'm surprised they're not like already. Like what well, was it a celebration exclusive? Did you yeah. have to buy it there? Well, they gave it out. Uh, after the panel oh Um, and there was a carrie fisher one that they gave out after the panel too and i have that one and then i also have the the force awakens one they gave out in anaheim after the force awakens panel so um and they're all the same size so i really want to get that last shot oh okay so uh, but i feel like right now they're super expensive and if i just wait like a month or two they'll probably like drop like once the fervor has died down for that mm-hmm. specific poster so that's what i'm hoping for we'll see yeah but good luck with that yeah thanks old sport um all right cool so probably we should wrap up here but mm-hmm. uh thanks very much for for listening or watching um hopefully um you know if you're into battlefront 2 we can all be playing here um in uh, the holiday season because I'm super excited for it. Uh, maybe we'll play more Battlefront over the, the summer. And uh, if we end up doing that, uh, perhaps we'll we'll try to put the information out there if anybody wants to join us and play some Battlefront uh, online this summer as well. But uh, for now, we'll sign off. Um, as always, check us out at... Uh, at um, uh, blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at Blockade Run, um, Instagram, YouTube, etc. So uh, we will be back very soon, probably with more Last Jedi talk and uh, who knows what else. But um, uh, Ryan, thanks, thanks again for for being here tonight. And uh, my pleasure. All right, all right, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>